Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Disobedience doesn't just lead to death. It takes us off the path that God has set for us. But amen, we serve a God who can bring dead things back to life. Now is the time to take it back. The way you take it back, acknowledge, repent, and ask. And he still has a perfect plan for your life. All right. Well, good morning, Mosaic. It's great to be back with you because we were, we, were, we were gone last week. I missed Tiffany, and I'm sad about that because I heard she did an amazing job, and she's just an amazing person, and just to spend some time with her. So I'm, I, I'm sorry. I hate I missed that, but I'm glad to be back this morning. I'm glad that you're here. Some of you didn't even know I was gone because you weren't here either, so welcome back to you too. And some of you are still gone, so on live stream, I see you out there. Um, so glad that you're here, and uh, it's just been an awesome summer with all these block parties. I know they just talked about it, but it's really been a lot of fun. I heard Arianne, we weren't able to go, but I heard Arianne had an amazing one last night, and I know that they said Mitch's is next Saturday, and it's all the way up in Mooresville, but it's not that far, guys. It's not that far, and Mitch has got a really good setup and, and you, you don't want to miss it. He's got a pool. He's got a hot tub. He's got a great place to, to hang out and get to know other people. So, I mean, oh my gosh, it's worth the drive. So I, I told Mitch I was going to pitch for like 80 people coming up there. And he said, whoa, no, no, no. But um, maybe not 80, but we can get a few people up there. So definitely, if you can make it, do that. And, and, and it's the block parties that kind of let the proverbial cat out of the bag for me, if you will. Now you're, you're wondering what in the world he's talking about. So it was a couple weeks ago that I think Kristen and Ashley, with all this energy, stood up here and said, Mike's having a block party. You definitely want to go to Mike's block party on the lake at Mike's house. And I was like, oh, I just really don't want him to know I live on the lake. <laughs> Not because, not because I don't love living on the lake. We, we absolutely love where we live. Of course, I mean, who wouldn't love living on the lake? And, and, and it's not because we don't like for you to come. We, we love to host people. We had a blast with that block party that night. I mean, I think there were 30 or 40 people there. But we love for people to come. I think the teenagers are coming to my house this afternoon. So we love to share the blessing that we have. It's just, you know, I'm afraid you'll do the math. I'm afraid you'll be like, hold on. Pastor Mike lives on the lake because there's really no reason 
we should live on the lake. I mean, other than, than God. I mean, there's, there's no reason we should live on Lake Norman. And I'm afraid you'll do the math and you'll be like, hold on. So what does Pastor Mike do? He's the executive pastor? Okay. He has the checkbook. <laughs> He's the one that carries the money bag. Judas, you know. <laughs> um, and, and so, I'm, you know, I don't want you to think that when you give to Mosaic, I'm like, you know, one for Mike, one for Mosaic, one, two for Mike, one for Mosaic, one, two, three for Mike, one for, Mo oh, definitely one for Mike. <laughs> and I would do just about anything and I hope, you know, to keep you from thinking that, I mean, my life is an open book. I'll make it an open book. I don't want you to think that. I, I just, and I hope you don't think that. But, but there is an amazing story about how we got there. And I just want to share a little bit about that with you this morning. And it happened a long time ago. I mean, we just moved there in 2016, but it happened a long time ago. Like, like when I felt the call to ministry, and I, and I know I realize when I say the call to ministry, some of you are like, what do you mean the call to ministry? I, so some of you, you know, just woke up one day or, or maybe you realized what it is that you like and you decided, hey, that's what I want to do. You know, some of you like, you love animals and you said, yeah, I think I'm going to be a vet and that's fantastic. And some of you said, you know, I love computers and so I think I'm going to, I'm going to work in computer science and you go to school for that. My son, he says, I, I love math. I'm going to be an engineer. And so that's fantastic. But for me, it wasn't quite like that. And, and, and I think for pastors as a whole, we kind of believe that there's this calling on our life. There's, you know, you don't just wake up one day and say, I think it'll be a good idea to be a pastor. I don't advise it. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I don't advise it, but, but it's an amazing job. But, and I love it and, and, and I wouldn't change it, but, but, you know, we, we believe that there's this special calling on our life. And when I felt that calling on my life, you know, my answer to God was, hmm, no. And I had three really good reasons. Really good reasons, all right? You want to know what they are? Here they are. Number one, I want to get a job that makes a lot of money. I don't know. <laughs> Number two, I want to live on the lake. You see where this is going, don't you? And number three, I want to have a boat because I absolutely love to water ski. There's nothing more fun or freeing to be behind a boat on a solemn ski, cutting through the water. I absolutely love it. So those were my three things. I want to make a lot of money so I can live on the lake and I want to have a boat. And so when God came to me and said, I want you to be a pastor, I was like, yeah, you know what? Hard pass. I think we're gonna, we're just gonna, we're just gonna, I appreciate it. I appreciate you thinking about me, but I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna wake up one morning and decide what it is I wanna do like most of the rest of the world. And, and so that was my, my direction in life. Now, fast forward about eight or so late years later, Jennifer and I had just gotten married. We're newlyweds, and we moved to Mooresville. We moved from Lexington, North Carolina, to Mooresville, North Carolina. And, and so we got there. We kind of got our 
feet on the ground and started, uh, you know, got our house or our little apartment or whatever it was. I'm not sure what it was. It was, uh, it was rough. But um, we got there and she said, all right, we got to find a church. And I'm like, mm. you know, it wasn't that we hadn't always gone to church. We did, maybe not every weekend, but, but at that time in my life, I wasn't really connected, if you know what I mean. You know, I, I just, like, we went to church. I, I would visit her when she was in college in Raleigh, and there was a church there that we loved, and we would go. I loved listening to the pastor. It was almost better than going to the movies sometimes. And, but, but it was, I don't know, entertainment, kind of. Um, and, and I just, I just wasn't connected to God. My spiritual life was just kind of, oh, I'll go to church because that's the thing to do. And then when she said, I want to go to church, because I was a bit indifferent and because I knew, oh, new church, they want to do all these things, they want to get us connected. I just, I didn't want God to start nagging me again about <laughs> being in the ministry, you know? So, so but all right, we're newlyweds. She won. We started, we found a church. We found a church in Mooresville in our new city. And we connected with some amazing young adults that were there because we were young adults at the time. And we just kind of, you know, started, you know, getting into what was going on there. And and we'd been there for a little while. And sure enough, just as I expected, I mean, you can see where my spiritual life is at this point, because I'm saying nagging, God started nagging me again. But it wasn't about being in the ministry. It was totally about something else. It was about being generous. And not even being generous. It was just about tithing and giving to the church. And, and, and I just was like, I, I just, I don't, I, you don't understand God. You know, you don't understand. I told you what my plan was. I want to make a lot of money. I want to live on the lake and I want to have a boat. And you want me to just give my money away. Like that doesn't, it doesn't work like that. That you don't do math like that. And so once again, my response to God was uh, hard pass. You know, so that was, that was on the weekend. We passed through Sunday and I was like, no, yeah, I'm good. So guess what happens on Monday? Monday, I am on the way home Monday afternoon from work, and I'm coming down the road, come to um, getting close to a, a stop sign, and, and I rolled up to the stop sign, and, and you know, you all do these too. It's like this little micro, I call it a micro stop. It's like you stop, but you just kind of, you go, I mean, I looked to the left, I looked to the right, I looked in front of me, nothing's coming. What I didn't do was look behind me to see what car was behind me because it just happened to be a police car. So minor altercation with some blue lights because of my micro stop. Anybody want to guess how much the ticket was? It was exactly the amount of money $40. I mean, remember, this is 30 years ago. I realize I only look 35. Okay. 30 years ago, $40. The ticket was $40. And what I sense God saying to me was, you know, we can do this the hard way. <laughs> or we can do this the easy way. But I'm telling you, you're not going to get any closer to your plan unless you're generous with me. 
And, and that's where I, you know, I was growing in my spiritual life. And so, so I was hearing God a little more. And now my mother has said that I can be stubborn. Um, I tend to use the word determined. There's a difference. All right. But on that particular Monday, I completely acquiesced. I, I, I just completely said, okay, God, you got it. I, I, I will. And, and I probably said something like, from now on, I will pay my tithes. But as we got more involved in that church, and, and I began this spiritual journey of understanding how my life connected to God's story and how my story, God wanted to transform my story. I ran into this passage of scripture and, and it helped me. It began a journey of me looking at things different. It's, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. And it says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You see, Paul was talking to this church in Corinth, and it was pretty much like this. It was just a group of people, and he was trying to help them understand this, this scriptural way of doing life that, that sometimes doesn't make sense. Now, Paul could have said on that particular Sunday, Saturday, I don't know what day it was, he could have said, you know, whoever gives a little bit can expect a little bit. Whoever gives a lot can expect a lot, but that's not what he did. He used an agricultural metaphor because he wanted to, you know, explain it to a different level. There's, there's more going on here than what you might immediately see as you read the scripture. I mean, it makes sense when you read the scripture, but there's more happening here. And, and so here, here's, here's the way it works. A farmer, he's talking about a farmer sowing, you know, he's talking about sowing seeds. A farmer has a conscious decision to make every single year, at least, every year, let the, when, when he harvests his crops. So let's, let's take, for example, wheat. Now, I don't know if you know anything about growing wheat or harvesting wheat, but, but let's say this farmer goes out, he harvests his wheat, he ends up with like, I don't know, 10, 15 bags, 20 bags of wheat. He has a decision to make. He can either A, grind it all up into flour because that's what you do with wheat and make lots of bread and enjoy every bit of it. Or he can grind up part of it and stick, I don't know, two, three bags off to the side and save it because, you know, planting season comes around again. And if you don't have seeds to plant, you're not going to have a crop. So he has to make a conscious decision. Now, it's actually bigger than just saving a couple of bags for seeds. Because if you know anything about wheat, when you sow one seed, it doesn't produce one seed. It produces an exponential number of seeds. And so that's the, the idea that's happening here. It's, it's how this farmer is thinking is, is, is either long-term He's thinking about the future or short term. He's thinking just about now. It's, it's about instant gratification. It's about consuming everything you have. Or it's about making a decision that will 
will allow you to have even more in the future. And so now let's, let's translate that in spiritual terms just a little bit into God's economy. Because, you know, I would love to tell you that the God's economy and the world's economy are the same, but they are not. In, in God's economy, what Paul was trying to communicate is if you want more, you have to make a conscious decision to be wise with what you have based on this passage of Scripture. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And, and even though you may want to spend it all on yourself, in order to have more, you have to be willing to do something with it other than just consume it. What the scripture is saying here, and what we've experienced in our life, my wife and I, is you have to be generous with it. Now, I think when we talk about generosity in the church, we don't factor in the God part. I think we talk about it a lot, and we, we allude to it, and, and we, we, we get at it. But I don't think we, we talk about it. I, I believe that most people think when we talk about giving in the church and generosity, it's because we want you to have less. It's not because we want you to have less. It's because we want you to have more. All right? That's, that's the difference. But, but, but that's not the way we think, is it? That's, that's why I've heard people, and I did the same thing, say for years, you know, I'm going to pay my tithe. That's just not the right way to think. We pay our electric bill, right? Every month, Jennifer and I pay our electric bill, okay? I pay our electric bill. She's like, you handle this. Um, we, we, we pay our cell phone bill. We pay our water bill. And Duke Power and AT&T and Carolina Water, they all demand that we pay a certain amount if we want electricity and water and, and call, text, and data, we, we pay for a certain amount. And, and here's the thing. In this world's economy, we get what we pay for. That's, that's the way the world works. And not only that, but every time I pay that bill, I've got less to work with. It's just, it's just basic math, right? But it's not that way in this passage of Scripture. And it's certainly not what we've experienced with God. Now, we immediately think that if we're going to give more, we're going to have less because that makes sense. But sometimes God's math doesn't make sense. That's why the Scriptures say and encourage us, give sparingly, you also receive sparingly. You give generously, you also receive generously. Um, And that's why, that's why we have these cards. These cards are in the seat pocket in front of you. You know, we have these cards, and, and as a church, as Mosaic, we want you to join us in giving at Mosaic. We, we, we set a goal of having 30 new people giving to Mosaic. Why? Well, of course, we need for you to give to Mosaic. I mean, you experience the blessings of the giving. It's cool in here right now. So there's an electric bill to pay. But it's more than that. We want you to give at Mosaic because we want to have not 30 more givers, 
We want to have 30 more financially blessed people in this church because that's the way it works. But the scriptures say, give generously, all right? And that's why we actually put this extra one on here, increasing my tithe or increasing my giving because generous is what the scriptures call for. Now, what does it mean to actually be generous? Um, I, you know, when you're generous, there, there's a difference from, from just tithing or giving sometimes. It may be different for you, but there's a difference in giving. When I, when I give generously, I know it's going to impact me somewhere else. I'm actually going to feel it. This past week, we got a letter in the mail from my brother's daughter, Cameron, my niece, and um, she's going on a mission trip. And she said, I want you, you know, she sent out a bunch of letters and she said, I want you to pray for my, my mission trip. I want you to pray for me. And if you can, I'd love for you to give. And, and my immediate response, just because I've learned this idea of generosity is, okay, we've got to be, we've got to be generous. We've got to send some money. And so I think it was like Thursday, I sat down on the couch <clears throat> and, and I'm remembering all the mission trips that people have been generous to me. And, and I remember the very first trip I actually took to China. Some of you know I've, I did several trips to China. Somebody, after a letter I sent out just like this, um, sent $600. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. I can't give $600. But, uh, but I sat down, I went to the website, I went to the giving tab of her particular church, and, and I had in my mind what I was going to give, and God said, be generous. I said, okay, so what would you call generous? And, and I came away with a number, and I was like, oh. And so I put it all in, typed it all in, got, and I was getting ready to hit send, and I was like, oh, there are so many other things. But I hit send. Because that's what being generous would be. Now, now some of you hang out with people and you would say they're generous. Um, but, I, you know, maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Maybe you say they're generous because when you hang out with them and you go to their house, it's like this amazing spread. I mean, there's food. There's all kinds of things to drink. Or, or you know, we sometimes we'll go to people's homes and they just give us things. I mean, when, when we were a lot younger, Jennifer and I had friends, and we would go to their house, and, and they would just give us clothes for our kids, just give them away. And, you know, you know they, might, they might be generous, or they might just be rich. I mean, there's a difference, you know? Giving, you know, generosity, being generous actually impacts you. And, and I think Jesus... Jesus absolutely shared a story with us to explain his understanding of generosity. It's in Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 in verse 41. Um, and it's where Jesus is talking about the, the woman that comes with just two little copper coins. She comes in. But, but before that, here's, here's what it says in um, verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watch the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Can you imagine? You know, you guys know we have these 
tied boxes out here in the foyer as you come in that say giving. And can you imagine if on Sunday, Pastor Naeem propped up a stool out there and you came walking in and he was like, good morning. Oh, it's so great to see you. Can you imagine what that would be like? Now, most of you give online. <laughs> and so, I don't know, he's got this weird portal that he can see. I don't, I don't know what that would be like. But uh, can you imagine that? I mean, how intimidating that would have been for those people walking into that, that, that temple on that particular Sunday. But here it goes on. It says, many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came in and put in two very small Copper coins, worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus says, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more in the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. See, it's difficult it's even, you'll find it in the scripture. Jesus says it's difficult for a rich person or a wealthy person to give a generous gift. What, what, what do I, why do I say that? Let, let's say, let's say for the sake of argument that there's someone who is in the upper six figures or, or maybe even seven figures and they, and they come into Mosaic and they say, oh, I hear you want to build this gym in the back. That's amazing. Or you want this down payment for this space over here. Most of you know what I'm talking about when we want to get a down payment for this space over here. And they say, you know, no problem. How about I write you a check for, I don't know, half a million dollars. All right. Is that generous? I don't know. I don't know. Did they feel it? By the same token, some of you could go online and you could go to our giving page online and you could give $100. And that would totally be generous, right? It's, it's, it's not how much you give. It's, it's, it's just where you are and, and what generosity looks like for you. So, so I told you about my little micro stop and the reward I got from, from that on that particular day. And, and then I said, okay, God, I got it, but it doesn't mean that I'm not tempted from time to time. Sometimes things happen. I mean, just because you give generously doesn't mean things don't break. It doesn't mean I don't have to put new tires on my truck. It doesn't mean that the, the dishwasher doesn't go bad and we have to replace it. It doesn't mean I have all the money in the world. It just, it just you know, and sometimes I'm tempted Full transparency here, okay? You want, you want to know the story? Um, last summer, uh, in July, we had some things going on, and, and, and I didn't give at the beginning of the month like I normally do. And, and so the month began to go by, and I'm like, I got to give, I got to give. And, and the month kept going by, and I kept waiting. Eventually, I forgot about it. I literally forgot about it. We roll into August. Things aren't a lot better. And then I realized I didn't give last month. And so I thought, you know, what if I just skip a month or two? 
I thought it. And then I said, hold on. We've learned this. We've been through this. Suck it up. I hit send. Sent the money in. And it was painful. <laughs> it was painful for five days. For five days. Now, some of you know that I have this little side job, if you want to call it that. It was actually something that I did early on to make some extra money, but it's placing international exchange students. Jace and Anjani Webb, who are part of Mosaic, they actually had Ariana from uh, Italy this year. And, and it's an amazing experience for these kids. And, and, and it was August. These kids normally get placed way earlier in the summer, even in the spring. And, and it wasn't even on my mind. But here's what happened. I got a phone call and said, hey, we got these three students. Do you think you could place them in this particular place? And I'm like, I'll try. Um, and so in the course of like three days, I placed those three students. Now, they weren't just normal students. I don't mean they had special gifts or powers. I just mean they had extra money attached to them, okay? So they weren't, I didn't only get paid for placing them. They were bonus students. So I got extra money. So here's what I'm telling you. No, it's not human trafficking. Stop. Right. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that within five days of just doing what I knew that God wanted me to do and being generous, I got two and a half times more than I gave. You see what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Let me, let me make it clear for you. Let's say it's not exactly right. Let's say I gave $2,000 in, in giving to Mosaic. I got five. That's, that's the equivalency, okay? So you understand. And, and, and I don't know. I don't know how it works like this. I don't know why it works like this. I just know that that was God's way of teaching me, of reminding me, of reinforcing to me this passage of Scripture about generosity. Look, when we, when we talk about money at Mosaic, it's not because, it's not that we want you to have less. We, I want you to have more. When we talk about generosity and giving generously, Talking, when we talk about tithing, we talk about like this baseline of 10%. That may not be where generosity falls for you. You may be on either side of that. I, I don't know. Scripture says give generously. For Jennifer and I, it's a little more than that. That's the place where, feel it. That's the place where it impacts us. And these are just a couple of stories in our lives. There are so many places, there are so many more stories that I could tell you. And I want to tell you them because they're inspiring, not all, they're inspiring to me to remember what God has done. There is no reason we should live on the lake. There's no reason we should live on Lake Norman. We don't make that kind of money. If you've ever been to my house, my wife had a friend make a frame, or make a picture, it says immeasurably more. Because in a lot of ways, that space, that place, our home, is immeasurably more. 
Um, and I'm going to tell you how much I paid for my house this morning. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, I don't know about that. And I'm going to tell you how much I paid for my house because it's so significant. Because if, if I were going to put, if you went on, there's, there's, there's this website like polarisomething.com. It's a matter of public record. You can go look at how much, I don't know, anybody paid for their house out there. I paid and should never have been able to get a house on Lake Norman for just over $400,000. I almost stole that house. <laughs> because if I went to put that house on the market right now, I would put it on the market at $1 million. I didn't do that. God did that. And on the day that we bought that house, I just think God was laughing. Not because, ha, 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 I told you. No, I think he was laughing with pure joy. I was crying. <laughs> because it was a dream come true. And I think God was thinking about, I want to make a lot of money. And we all do. When we think about the rest of the world, we all make a lot of money. I want to live on the lake. And I want to have a boat. And I think God was laughing because he was full of joy because of the spiritual journey that I had been on. But here's the deal. This doesn't just have to be my spiritual journey. There's, there's nothing in the scripture that says, if you're a pastor and you give generously, you can expect to receive generously. It's not just for me. It can be your story too. That's why we encourage you to give at Mosaic. That's why we encourage you to be generous at Mosaic. Not because we want you to have less. We want you to have more. Will you stand? Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you just for the blessings that I've experienced in my life. At the same time, God, I just want to say, I'm sorry I didn't learn them sooner. But I, I'm so grateful and so thankful for the blessings that we have. Just as much so that we can enjoy them, but, but even more that we can allow others to enjoy them with us. God, we are so blessed. And God, I just, I just thank you for that. God, I pray that as we consider this scripture this morning, that you'll help us to understand that, that it doesn't make sense. That the way you do math and the way that we do math in this world just doesn't work the same. God, I pray you will give us a resolve to, to figure out what generous generosity looks like for each one of us. God, you blessed Mosaic in so many ways with so many generous people over the years and just so grateful for that, grateful for this space that we can come, we can be together, and we can worship. So God, I pray that you would just help us to to remember how it is that, and
and what it is that you want to do in our lives as we consider what you've given us to operate in. God, we thank you for the greatest gift that you ever gave. And you outgive us every single day of our lives. And that was through your son, Jesus. We give you thanks for this morning. And, and maybe some of us here today are just outside the, the scope of, of what he's done for us. And, and maybe some of us here today have just never actually invited Jesus to be a part of our life. I know I, know I was living in a place where I knew Jesus, but I never asked him to be the king in my life. So maybe there's someone here today, God, I just pray you'd give them the courage to know that, that your arms are wide open and they can come to you, that you're there for them. So God, I just pray your blessings over them. God, thank you for blessing all of us. Thank you for making a way for us to be so generous and at the same time be so blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.